Welcome, Welcome to, to Countertop Conversations. Conversations. I'm Anna. I'm Katie. Welcome back to our second episode Ooh. of Countertop Conversations. Yeah. Um, today we're going to be talking about what it's like to be a vocal or, I guess in some senses, like a loud BIPOC woman. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I think both of us would call ourselves pre-vocal. Um, in our personal lives, in our professional lives, in school, in sports, in a lot of the areas that, in a lot of the spaces that we take up, take up and show up in. Um, so we kind of wanted to talk about our experience in that and some of the things we've faced or face still, um, being somebody who is, being a BIPOC, BIPOC woman who also uses her voice and is very vocal about um, everything, a lot of yeah. things, to yeah. be honest. Um, yeah. So the first thing we kind of want to talk about is when we became confident in our voice. Yeah. So do you want to start? you want to talk about that? Yeah. Um, I feel like that didn't happen for me until probably, like, the summer after freshman year of college like I was I've always been a very extroverted person like I've been like I'll talk to anybody like whatever but to like back myself or Mm. to start like standing up or like intervening or saying something probably didn't happen until after the summer of my freshman after my freshman year of like college because I feel like that summer was just so much like growth for me to like go from like living with my parents for basically 18 years and my brother of course but like yeah um then to being having to be completely independent in a different state right and then to go back home again that was the learning moment yeah um yeah how about you um I think mine started a little bit earlier um I think I've always been somebody who, especially in a situation where I'm comfortable, I will speak on it. And that's been a thing for me probably since my freshman, sophomore-ish year of high school. Um, That's when I really started to get involved in learning about race, learning about um, critical race theory and and all of that. Um, And... When my friends and I kind of took on the role of restarting a club in our high school, and in doing so, we led discussions, we um, led panels, we spoke at events and things like that, and that kind of, that's where I kind of started to, like, have a voice and speak on things and be confident in what I'm speaking on. Mm-hmm. Um, but more recently, the past the past summer and the past year no have propelled that even further. Mm-hmm. Um, I think before this summer, I was super comfortable and super vocal in spaces that I felt comfortable in yeah. and I felt very safe and in control of. Um, and I think after this summer, I'm able to continue to use my voice, but more in spaces that I'm not necessarily comfortable in. Mm-hmm. Or that I'm new to. Mm-hmm. I feel more confident in speaking 
mm-hmm. when before I probably didn't feel like I had a space to speak or that yeah. I should like speak. Taking, taking space. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely been able to take up more space more comfortably. But yeah. I know um, this is like often you hear comments about aggress- being aggressive. Yeah. And a I lot of times like, there's yeah. like the narrative of like, aggressive versus assertive um but I know this is something that you have dealt with a little bit more directly than I have yeah (laughs) you can go I mean like I feel like I'm kind of like followed with that connotation of like being aggressive and Mm -hmm. I don't see myself as aggressive (laughs) I feel like people who like know me don't see me as aggressive yeah just like knowing who I am Mm -hmm. but I feel like sometimes I see it as something that's negative, but sometimes mm-hmm. I don't. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, I'm being aggressive, like, or, you know, mm-hmm. or like, oh, you're being aggressive. Yeah. Like, they're very different. Um, but I don't feel like me, like, I guess what's interesting is that, like, how I feel when I'm being assertive, mm-hmm. I just identify as being aggressive. Mm. I think that's just because so many people have labeled that for me as being aggressive. Yeah. But when you look at the, like, the, actual like definitions it's different yeah I agree with that yeah I agree with that I think um a lot of times I try not to think about or pay attention to or even like listen to or try to find what people are saying or think about myself and how I show up but I definitely have combined aggressive and assertive Mm -hmm. To be one in the same, or not one in the same, but be very similar. And, yeah, I understand that, that, um, having, not having a negative connotation with aggressive. Mm -hmm. I don't think being aggressive is necessarily necessarily bad. Yeah. And I think being assertive is, like, very similar to being aggressive. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think of, like, when I'm in conversations or meetings or leading meetings or leading things, I I would say I'm assertive, but I if somebody's like, Oh, you're being so aggressive mm-hmm. I don't think I would I don't think I would necessarily see something bad in that. Yeah. Like what do you mean by that? Yeah. Cause I feel like I mean I grew up in a household where it's like if you want something you have to tell them. You gotta ask for it. You have to ask. You have to use your words. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like in com- like in conversations or like and we'll talk about this late, later as well, but in the way you interact with people, even the way you communicate, mm-hmm. you want to get the point across right. in the most effective and easy way possible. Right. So you're going to say it how it is. Yeah. But some people need a little bit more, I wouldn't even say fluff, but just need a little bit more to process it. Yeah. And I think that that's where that is different mm. that makes sense yeah and that I, might just be the calm major in me but like <laughs> you know what I mean I just think of when somebody says oh you're aggressive or you were really aggressive in that meeting mm. and especially in thinking of the context of women being called aggressive when they're being assertive and men being called assertive when they're mm. being assertive mm-hmm. or aggressive I think that's where the two have combined for me mm-hmm. and if somebody used to call me aggressive like okay what do you mean by that mm-hmm. do you mean that I was straight to the point. Do you mean that I got my point across and I said what I needed to say and I was not going to put up with anybody's BS? Mm -hmm. Because to me, that's 
Yeah. That's being a boss. That's being on top of your on top of yeah. your shit. Like, like I don't think that's necessarily yeah. a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's always like with especially mm-hmm. when we talk about gender and we bring gender into it. There's always going to be stereotypes. There's always going to be mm-hmm. the myself being black. There's always going to be like the angry black woman idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I personally don't know if I've ever like I've never nobody's ever said that to my face mm-hmm. maybe people say it behind my back I don't know but <laughs> like I don't know yeah <laughs> but so what if I'm angry I yeah. have a lot to be angry about as a black especially in labeling me as an angry black woman yeah mm-hmm. being a black woman in the U.S. I have a lot to be angry about okay and if me showing up and being vocal to you looks angry mm-hmm then that's not necessarily my problem, you know? Yeah. Because I'm showing up and I'm being vocal and I'm talking about what's important to me and I'm not going to let you walk over me. I'm not going to let you miss what I'm saying Mm -hmm. when I feel that it's important. Yeah. And if that's aggressive and if that's angry, then um, I don't know what you want me to do. Yeah. I'm not going to sit and let you just, like, step on me. Yeah. I'm just not. I think that's interesting because I feel like often like Asian women are portrayed or stereotyped in a submissive way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. quieter, they're more withdrawn. Um, and I don't know if it's because of how I was raised that I am like I am very much American. I will mm-hmm. say I will say that. Um, but it's just never really been that way. Mm-hmm. And I quickly realized because of how I've been treated by other Asians that mm-hmm. that is definitely like something that is more like valued in a mm-hmm. woman, if that makes sense. And so, while well, yes, there's a lot of women who are in like CEO positions or who like own a shit ton of stocks or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. are very successful. They're still seen in the public eye as very submissive, very, mm-hmm. like, reserved, mm-hmm. polite. Um, and I just, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I can't, I can't. Like, I just, yeah. I just can't. Um, and I, so I think that's interesting because, like, the two different stereotypes mm-hmm. in portrayal. Right. And the way they're so, different. I mean, and I think yeah. I'm sure I have internalized mm-hmm. some of oh, it. Oh, yeah. Most um, definitely. And I have internalized... <laughs> somebody's trying to open the door. And I have internalized it in a way where when I'm in a situation where I'm really angry about something or I'm feeling very passionate about something, and this might be, like, in conversation or in a meeting or something like that, I think there's a moment where I have to calm myself down and, like, readjust my voice and my delivery and things like that. And that might be and likely is the internalization of that angry black woman stereotype. But at the same time, like, it's so hard to... um, I mean, there's a line of, like, professionalism. Like, you can't just go around yelling at people all the time. You can't. (laughs) But... I mean, I think that 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 gets very like confusing and it's overlapping, um, and it depends on like where you are and who you're with and all so many factors. Yeah. But I think that's something that 
maybe I don't realize this is a mm-hmm. as a result of you know. Yeah. I think yeah. I guess to speak on that, I definitely noticed that when like I'm meeting someone for the first time. Mm. So how I approach someone. Like, I'm very mindful and very aware of, like, how I approach someone who is of Asian descent versus someone who is white or Hispanic or Latina. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's, like, we were talking about in our last episode, Mm code switching. Yeah. But in a sense, it's more of, like, not necessarily code switching, but your mannerism, your Mm -hmm. body, like, the way you hold your body, the way you're, like, presenting yourself, asserting yourself, basically. Um... And I definitely noticed that in, like, sometimes social settings, like, like oh, like, people might see me as too much or something mm. like that. Um, and yeah. I definitely feel that, like, romantically mm. when you, like, first start talking to someone yeah. and you're just kind you're of, like, like beating around the bush, just like, so. Tiptoeing in, yeah. you know? And some people don't respond to that well. And mm-hmm. some people do, and. Mm-hmm. it's hard to know yeah I definitely hear you on social situations mm-hmm. I know the both of us but also <laughs> myself when I'm comfortable in a space or when I'm yeah when I'm comfortable in a space I take up space oh yeah and I'm gonna be loud and I'm gonna be not necessarily in my like the volume of my voice but also just in my presence mm-hmm I'll take up space, I'm going to be there, I'm going to engage in conversation, I'm going to be present in it. And for some people, like, that's a lot. Yeah. The way we, the way we hold ourselves, the way we interact with people. Yeah. Um, we assert yeah. ourselves yeah. And, we, and we move with pressure, we move with, like, power behind that, we move with a presence. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've definitely seen... Like, when we walk into rooms sometimes, some heads turn and not necessarily like, oh, shoot, like, yeah. who could it? It's just like, who? Yeah. We, we assert ourselves in situations. Yeah. And I think that comes with having years of had to, had with to. years of having to build your own confidence. Yeah. And just finding ways to take up space and how you feel comfortable taking up space because we deserve to take up as much space as the next. Um, yeah. but also in romantic situations too, um, I don't know about myself as much, but I feel like I'm very assertive. I'm an assertive person. I'm a direct person. And if I'm going to tell you how it is mm-hmm. and I, I don't want to sugarcoat things and I don't like to. Yeah. Um, and I, and I understand what you were saying. Like that can be a lot for some people and that can be, um, sort of unexpected mm-hmm. um, because so many people expect you to be submissive or expect you to be quiet or um, just like, I don't know, to yeah. not have an opinion or to not yeah. be so direct and clear yeah. all the time. Something Anna and I joke about all the time is that we are both under 5'5". Five five, <laughs> tall person have, energy. Yeah, tall person energy. And I sometimes really feel that. Like, some days I'm like, like, shit. I'm 5'7". I'm 5'9". I'm and while that might not be tall for some people, that's tall for me. <laughs> and so, yeah, just 
knowing that your presence is a bit more like present and I think that's also very prominent in a PWI mm-hmm. oh yeah and like we have conversations about this all the time about the fact that for BIPOC you have to grow your confidence oh yeah or else you're gonna be chopped away since day one right you have to take up space because otherwise there will be no space for mm-hmm. you and yeah. it's a sad reality but now when you come to a PWI where you're in environments where majority of the people don't have to do that, right. who already have spaces, who already feel comfortable, right. it seems very assertive or it seems yeah. very aggressive. Yeah. And in some ways, I think it's kind of like a, a defense mechanism. Mm. Yeah. But at the same time, it's beneficial. It's like, so. <laughs> I would agree with that. I definitely think it's a defense mechanism because mm-hmm. if I walk into a room and I telling myself that I'm the shit no but honestly but honestly if I walk into a room knowing that I'm gonna be one of the only BIPOC Mm -hmm. or knowing that I don't necessarily feel comfortable and welcomed into this space sometimes you have to walk in with three four five times the confidence yeah just to it's a front yeah yeah it's a front for sure because you know regardless someone's gonna be like exactly saying something somebody's saying something somebody's looking at you and yeah i think it's definitely front and i think it's definitely um because we we know what we know we believe what Mm -hmm. we believe we all of that but sometimes i feel like we especially but sometimes i feel that myself like i fake it or i exaggerate Mm -hmm. it so that I have, like, a little bit of an extra barrier. Yeah. I so, you know? Yeah. Like, you have to, like, you kind of like, have to, like, put hype yourself a... up. Yeah. 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 Because it can be really exhausting and yeah. hard to constantly be in a space where you don't feel like you're welcome. Yeah. And I, yeah. that's something that I've dealt with a lot this semester. Mm-hmm. Um, but having that extra confidence and can... And, convincing yourself mm-hmm. of that I think helps me show up in a way that to some might seem aggressive or to some might seem loud and disruptive mm-hmm. but for me it's a way for myself to make space for myself mm-hmm. for you to be comfortable for yeah. me to create some degree yeah. of comfort for myself yeah yeah I definitely agree and I think I think it's interesting because I definitely think it's a defense mechanism, but it's also very much me. It's just like mm. me, but a little bit like me times like two, I'd say. <laughs> a little you extra. Know? Yeah, just yeah. a little bit extra. Um, and I definitely notice that like in class, mm-hmm. like if I know we're about to talk about something or like I'm going into a specific class and I know that we're going to talk about something that was traumatic at one point in my life mm. or still is traumatic, like mm-hmm. you have to put on a front. Because, yeah. I mean, it's the facade. Like, no one wants to be crying in class. No one wants right. to be, like, in class and something triggers something. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. like, you're there to be, to learn, to, yeah. like, all that. I think with me, part of it is there's such an image in this perception of, like, BIPOC women being strong, stable, mm-hmm. constant, mm-hmm. having their shit together. having their shit together all the time. Yeah. And so 
like like you were saying, like when we're in class and something comes up, you have to kind of put up your face mm-hmm. or put on a face to be able to talk about things, but also and engage in the conversation and be active in class, but also make sure that you're not gonna cry in class, yeah, or that it's not too overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I know, like. I mean, that might be part of, like, the personality, too. The part of the putting on that image and that persona and being loud about it or being big about it um, because there is such an image and there is such a perception that we can face anything, we can tough out anything, we can go through anything and be completely fine on the other side. Yeah. And I think that's something that is obviously imposed on us, but also... Definitely, we internalize. Definitely, we internalize. Mm-hmm. And like you were saying, like a way to combat that or a defense mechanism to that is to is to put on a, a not a character, but to put on a face that mm-hmm. lives up to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's not necessarily my reality. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely struggling with a lot of things, and I'm definitely having a really hard time. But if it looks like my stuff is to, if it looks like I'm together, then you're good. Then I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I think that, yeah, it co- also, like, covers the flip side of it, mm-hmm. you know, of, like, on days that you are, like, sadder or mm-hmm. you don't necessarily have, like, the most pep, you know, mm-hmm. people, you, you internalize that, you think, like, oh, like, are people thinking that, like, oh, like, I'm moody, or do people yes. think that I'm just, like, in a funk or just, I like, do down this. sad, like, there's some days where I just don't feel like talking, like, I'm gonna be I, honest, yeah. you know, and you wonder how people perceive that, but mm-hmm. then you also wonder about yourself, mm-hmm. I guess. Like, oh, like, am I actually living up to it? Am mm-hmm. I actually, like, worthy? Like, if because I feel like in this culture, I also want to warn people that, like, about two minutes, if we're still talking, an alarm might go off because we have blueberry bread in the oven. So if you hear an alarm, I'm sorry for the trigger because I know that everybody hates that morning alarm sound. You use that sound for your alarm. But okay, to go back, go to back go back to our conversation. Like you start like our society favorites or favors constant work and mm-hmm. constant growth. Mm-hmm. But sometimes like like there's a meme about this, like growth can be linear. Yeah. And I really agree with that. Like, yeah. I'm just getting one step ahead, whether or not that's an incline or whatever. Or that's just on the it's same it. level. It's yeah. still moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to, t- to touch on something you said about, like, when you might seem like you're in a mood or you're mm-hmm. mad. I know I have one of the <laughs> worst resting <laughs> bitch faces ever. True. Um, but I think this, I think part of it is part of that display of like being strong and hard on the outside and I know that excuse me it comes with like being vocal or being loud and I feel like sometimes in order to be taken seriously I need to have a strong front Mm -hmm. or I need to have a strong like external perception right and tying in like the whole romantically aspect (laughs) I 
I have been told on several occasions that when people first meet me, they're easily intimidated by me. Me. <laughs> and I think part of that is because I put on that face and I put on this, like, strong exterior when, to some extent, it's me just trying to be taken seriously. Yeah. And trying not to be, and trying not to be overlooked. Like, like we said, we're both short. I'm a small <laughs> person. But Damn, I'm not going to let you overlook me. Sorry about that. But I'm not going to let you overlook me because of my size Mm -hmm. or because of whatever. And I think when you were saying, um, when you were talking about defense mechanisms, Mm -hmm. that's one of them. Mm -hmm. But I also use that to my advantage sometimes, Yeah. you know? Um, But I definitely think, like, that comes with being allowed, assertive, Mm -hmm. Um, BIPOC woman and... Yeah, it probably affects me romantically. I'm sure there's some people who are intimidated to come approach me or intimidated to say something or express a feeling or whatever. No, like, even if I'm talking to somebody or I'm in a relationship with somebody, I don't know, like, what my front gives off. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's the looking glass theory. Exactly. Yeah. Everything comes back to sociology. It really does. But yeah. I really agree with that. I think that it affects a lot of what you do. Mm-hmm. And I think it also affects the work that you produce. Yeah. Which we will talk about in another episode. Yes. But um, you see it. You see it in like everything you do. Yeah. I mean, I think there are a lot of good things with being oh, yeah. vocal and being loud and having a strong front as well. Um, and you'll be the life of the look, party. Yeah, you'll be the life <laughs> of the party. Sometimes, I guess. Yeah, sometimes. But I mean, if you have, if you're able to find that voice and find the space to be loud and to and to, um, like express yourself mm-hmm. uh, and vocalize like that, um, it helps with confidence, yeah. as you've said. But also, it helps with school. I mean, when I'm in a space where I am, I feel very passionately about something, I'm not going to let you tell me I'm wrong, or I'm not going to let you walk all over me in my opinion on something, things like that. Um, but also just being assertive, especially as a BIPOC woman, is so important now. And it's so important in a world where everything is becoming career-oriented and is becoming achievement-oriented. Um, because when you step into a professional setting, when you step into a room, in order to be taken seriously, I kind of have to be that, look, I'm going to tell you how it is, Mm -hmm. and this is how I feel, Yeah. and take it how you take it, because otherwise... People can just take apart. They can pick you apart. Yeah. So easily. Yeah. And I mean, that's a form of silencing, too. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a form of silencing, and it happens so often, and it happens so easily. But, I mean, there's also some cons to being very vocal in what you say. I mean, you build a reputation, as everybody does, but you build a reputation, and some people aren't going to like it. Some people are going to come at you for it. Mm -hmm. Like we said before, there's a lot of stereotypes that come with it. There's a lot of perceptions of who you are, of you being mean, you being a bitch, you being a brutal person, things like that, when, um, that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. 
And I think that's especially true with the two of us. We put on a very hard front and we are very serious about a lot of things when we're very serious about them. Um, but there's also like, we're not like that all the time. We're very assertive people yeah. in our social life and our relaxed life too, but it's a different, it's different. Yeah. It's not such a yeah hard, um, exterior, I think as some people yeah. see. Yeah. No, we, we need to know us. We're, I think we're. <laughs> we're kind crazy. of crazy we're just crazy as everybody is let's be honest yeah um yeah and I mean when you don't speak on things yeah sometimes there's just... there's a lot of pressure like if an issue comes up people alternate I had it happen to me literally the other day in class there there was an issue somebody brought up police policing in schools mm. and I wasn't it wasn't terrible because my professor knows that this is something that I care about and I have a lot of opinions on and so the question was was brought up and I kind of like looked around the room and then I saw my professor looking at me and I was like all right I guess I'm gonna speak now yeah <laughs> but there's a lot of pressure too I know I know myself I've been talking a lot but I know myself in situations sometimes I wait yes, sorry <laughs> sometimes <laughs> when a question is posed or there's a discussion or there is something like that I wait because I want to hear what everybody else is going to say. Yeah, I was going to talk I'm, about Yeah, yeah and, like, time. to gauge how how am I going to show up in this space? Mm-hmm. Because I need to see what everybody else is showing up as first. Mm-hmm. Because I might be the only person of color in the room. I might be the only woman in the room. I might be the youngest person in the room. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. Yeah. It might be a new space that I'm walking into. Yeah. And I know what I believe. And I might have really strong feelings, but... I also have to gauge. Yeah, I think where I'm, yeah. how I'm gonna show up. I think something that I definitely like, dealt with was that the balance of being aggressive or being assertive, mm-hmm. because a con of it is that you close opportunities or you close doors by being assertive or being, being That's aggressive. True. And I wouldn't even say like necessarily closing doors, but you. You may be excluded from spaces. Yeah, you could be easily excluded from spaces, and you also are pushing yourself forward in a in one specific direction. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, if you don't take the time to like hear, you know, it, it's the same thing about like cancel culture, and I hate mm. that. But we talked about that. <laughs> but um, you're just tuning out the other voices. Yeah. And if sociology has taught me anything, is that those voices do actually have an impact and, like, cause a lot of change. Right. And I think that that is important. It's just as important to hear as to speak. Yeah. To listen as to, like, talk. Right. But, yeah. Yeah, and those small voices and things like that, I think that's something that both of us, I don't want to speak for you, but both of us, pride ourselves in being able to force ourselves into a conversation yeah. or force our voice or whatever opinion we're arguing and whatever, forcing that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's kind of where we would, where we came up with this idea of being vocal or being loud per se. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily like I have a loud voice and I'm just yeah. speaking at high volume all the time. It's that I will push for, I will push my voice in until you hear me. Yeah. And that's something that in our work on this campus, 
yeah. in the past three years and especially in the past year, I would say both of us have been very active in forcing ourselves into a conversation, forcing our, and not in a negative way, but forcing our voice into a conversation, forcing yeah. a, a marginalized identity or a marginalized position um, into conversations that we find that it is important for that convers- for that opinion, for that voice, for that perspective, narrative, whatever you want to call it, to be there mm-hmm. because it's not already there. Yeah. And I think that's easily how we get labeled. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. viewed as being super vocal or being loud in yeah. that sense. What a great idea to do a house project on a podcast. Just a curious talk. Even more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else you want to add? I feel like we covered a lot. Yeah. I think I'm good. I mean, yeah. I think everything overlaps in every aspect, you know. Yeah. So there's so much more that could of course be said about it but right yeah all right thank you so much for coming to our second episode (laughs) we'll see you next time bye guys